Welcome to the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Brooks. Up until about five years ago, I was your average mom of three. It was after the sudden loss of my father that my life changed forever and the rising within me began. Since then, I've embraced my gifts and have stepped into my role as an evidential psychic medium, past life reader, higher self mentor, holy fire Reiki practitioner, and published author. In this podcast, we will talk all things spiritual and healing through a very grounded and relatable approach. I hope you'll continue to join me each week, remembering who you always were as we rise together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Brooks. So excited for you to listen to today's episode. I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Crystal McKenna. Crystal is a intuitive healer. Um, she does shamanic journeying, and she tells us all about that. We definitely talk about more than just shamanism tonight. That was our initially our intention was to talk all about shamanism. We do talk about it, and she really, um, you know, puts she relates that in a way that is easy to understand. Um, and I definitely you know, learned some things today, had some aha moments, how to discern between, um, you know, what a shaman is versus someone who is a shaman practitioner. Um, but yeah, overall, absolutely lovely lady, lovely person, lovely human. And she has the most infectious energy. Um, I just felt very high vibe in her company and I felt like I kept wanting to laugh and it just felt like, a really good time. It felt like a really good time. We also talk about what it means to be a reflector in human design as Crystal is a reflector. A reflector is like 1% of the population, so not very common at all, and she talks about that. We talk about spirit guides. We talk about her spirit guides, how she really got in touch with her spirit guides, and I also share a little bit about how I got in touch with mine. And then we talk a bit about some of the differences between, you know, um, shamanic practices and psychic readings, uh, psychic abilities and mediumship abilities. And she had some questions for me about, you know, my process and my rituals and routines and how I kind of get into that energy. Um, so we talk about, we, we compare and we contrast those things. We talk about how they're similar and how they're different. Overall, very, very entertaining and enjoying conversation. If I do say so myself, I think it makes for very easy listening. Um, and as well, there's some amazing little wisdom nuggets in there. So enjoy, risers. Hello. Hello, Crystal. Hello. Hello. It's, I, I don't know. Like, this is the first time we're connecting ever. Like, we've talked on Instagram. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But this is the first time we're, like, talking voice to voice. Although we've sent each other voice notes, I think. Maybe once yeah, or twice. Yeah. But it's the first yeah. time we're being, like, kind of in each other's company. And I don't know. As soon as I connected with you, I was feeling a little bit like, you know, when you're having, like, kind of a rush night and, like, nothing's going right. And I was kind of like, oh, my God, all frazzled. <laughs> and then I sat down and I just, I don't know. Your energy is very joyful. Um, yeah. as, as soon as I'm connecting with you, like I've done a lot of laughing since I've sat down and it feels like easy conversation. So I think that this is a good match and a good indication of a good conversation to come. Excellent. <laughs> yes. Sounds wonderful. So your name is Crystal McKenna. Yeah. 
And I would love for you to tell us a little bit about you in general, what it is that you do in terms of, you know, intuitive, spiritual development work, like what, what floats your boat? What are you interested in? I feel like you're a jack of all trades, which I know I is a loaded, a loaded question, but I just want you to feel comfortable with sharing with the audience who may be unfamiliar. You might be a new person, a little bit about you. Like, who are you? Where are you in the world? So um, I consider myself an intuitive energy healer Okay. Um, and kind of, gosh, what that entails is a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I utilize my intuition, spirit guides, shamanic practices, mm-hmm. um, a lot of different things to help people heal things that I have gone through in my life, basically, is my right. goal. I really would like to help women get through um, different types of emotional or mental or soul trauma, Mm -hmm. um, specific with things like grief, anxiety, burnout, um, like all these things that you would normally have in a normal contemporary life, basically. Yeah. Um, So um, I'm just kind of starting out with my business Mm -hmm. And I plan on hosting um, group programs for women where Mm -hmm. they can learn techniques um, and learn about their intuition in order to provide healing for themselves in in those methods. Because I can't always be with you to provide healing. And I mean, I provide private sessions, but it is so empowering to be able to have tools to fall back on to heal yourself in those mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I'm, I'm getting shivers just talking about it. Um, I have found so much peace and acceptance in my life and um, kind of veering away from those really high expectations, mm-hmm. you know, and that overwhelm. And I really want other people to figure that out and find that for themselves. Yes. So I would say I'm, I'm most passionate probably about the, the group connection um, because I think getting a group of women together is so powerful. It can be so powerful and it can be so expansive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really would love uh, other women to find a soul tribe or a coven or like a group of women where they can interact with each other in this spiritual manner and just mm-hmm. empower and lift each other up. That's so. so important. I think that we're all lacking that so much. Oh, We've never been like as busy as we are, you know, as Mm. women, like collective, like, well, not just women, people, but yeah, women, you know, and all the the things, the home life and the kids, if we have choose to have children, all of that is just so much and like wearing a thousand different hats. Exactly. And I think in, in the past, you know, they talk about, you know, lean on your village, but women now don't have a village, right? Yeah. And we're all, I feel like there's, um, you know, a lot of us feel unsafe with each other like as you were speaking what I was thinking about is like healing the sister wound Mm -hmm. right and like just kind of all that competitive like energy that can come when it's a bunch of women at times and just how healing it is to be safe in like and held in that space where you don't feel that with other women and how much we we need that like we need that like just talking about that makes me feel emotional I know you got goosebumps right it's it's just Mm -hmm. like it's so powerful I agree it really is like my, the, my, who I call my soul sisters, yeah. finding them was like finding home. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all, that's what we all want. I think we're all searching for that belonging. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can find that with our soul tribe, but we can also, I feel like it starts with us too and just becoming aware of what we need, you know, and, and, um, to heal those. Yeah. Heal those things. I, I made a note as you were speaking, I'm, I was kind of like, as you were talking about empowering others with healing. And I was thinking like of all the interviews that of all the people that I've had come on this podcast so far, there's a commonality among every single one, which is, um, really empowering, like they're, they've all been healers, but mm-hmm. in wanting to empower others to help heal themselves. And yeah. I love that. And I, I feel like that's so important because I know like, you know, in kind of like the old spiritual circles, things could be thought of as like a hierarchy or, you know, like you must come to me because I'm the special oracle, you know? And I feel like that is not the way of the the energy healers and workers that are kind of coming up right now. It's it's not our jam at all. Like we just no. want to all be equal and and connect and, and belong and yeah. help. Yeah. It's funny that you say that. So, um, I mean, in my life, I've actually like dipped my toes in a lot of spiritual practices. Like I've tried yeah. Wicca, I've tried Buddhism, I've gone to mm-hmm. different like Christianity churches, that kind of thing. And all of them did feel top heavy. They felt, it felt like you needed to be special in order yes. to do those things. Um, and there was no real community that came out of them, in my opinion. So when I found... Yeah. Um, my mentor, who I did a specific like he, like shamanic training with, mm-hmm. um, and the group of women that was that was part of that group, it was just it was so, it was a breath of fresh air. I love that. So it's safe to say you're a seeker too. Like if you're oh, kind of like dabbling and dipping your toes in all these different things. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm noticing your bookcase and like all the books and other cards over there. Are those all books? Those are all books, but I do oh, have a very large collection. A large of collection, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. love to go and like look in your your bookcase. I have this dream of one day kind of having a, a space and having kind of like a library, right? Like where it's like take out this book or borrow these those cards, and I just think it would be so cool to like put all our resources together and and share them. That would um, be awesome. That would be a dream. <laughs> that would be a dream, and and my wallet would like that because I am the worst for like buying books all constantly. My husband's like, why are you buying books at three in the morning? I'm like, oh, I can't sleep. Like, I don't know. He's like, that's my thing. Like, I don't do anything else. I'm pretty good. You know, I don't have any dirty habits, but books and tarot and tarot and oracle decks. Tarot, tarot and oracle <laughs> cards. I can't help myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know they're just so good. I just pre-ordered one the other day. I can't remember what it's called, but I'll remember it later. But it's a new um, tarot deck. Uh, I only have a couple of those because I have to really be drawn to tear like a certain deck. Whereas like way. you're the same way. Whereas yeah. I can, I feel like, yes, the same to Oracle decks, but I, I feel like I like more Oracle decks than I like the tarot decks that I've come into contact with. But I'm also excited because I just pre-ordered Sean Leonard's new Oracle um, deck that's coming out. I'm really excited. And, I haven't listened to that, uh, that podcast yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was kind of like, like I'm a talker too, but in that interview, I talk a little, but for the most part, I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> I so talked, it was funny because I talked to him before, like yeah. well, in DMs and things, because we have, we come from the same place. Like it's, yeah. it's strange. Yeah. And like have 
people that we know in common. And anyways, mm-hmm. it, it's just like I was fangirling totally. But yeah, um, I don't know where that was going. Oh, about his Oracle deck. I, I pre-ordered it. It comes out in October and I'm super excited to get it. That's not what we're here to talk about though. No. But, I, I, but people, people love to hear. I think people like to hear conversations. It's true. It is true. Stuff. I mean, this is what talk it makes shows are me about, right? Comfortable too. <laughs> I know it's a good warm up rather than like, "What is this in your definition?" Like, that's not my style at all. Um, but we are here today. We're here to talk about what you do and introduce the Intuitive Rising community to you. But also, mm-hmm. we um, chatted. The reason that we kind of agreed to come together, decided to come together and do this talk. Was because we were sharing about. I think you sent me a DM. You were like asking a question about something. Like I think it was With regards medium, to mediumship. Yeah, right. Something that you had experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you remember? Like, do you want to share anything about that? I can't remember the details. I think it was. I had a dream, um, and I don't dream generally. Um, right. I don't have um, like lucid dreams in general. Mm-hmm. And I had a dream where a spirit came to me and mm-hmm. asked me to bring a message to his son. Right. And I didn't know who his son was, and he didn't oh. really explain who his son was. And I was like, "What do I do with it? Do I need okay. do I need to find this person, or you know what I mean?" And I think yeah. uh, that kind of like bridged into the topic of like um, the difference between like shamanic practices and like interacting with the spirit world in shamanic practices versus mediumship, and if there's like differences, yeah. or if, if it kind of comes from the same the same um, avenue because what I found in my research is anthropological, like anthropologically speaking, there are shamanic cultures all over the world, like that have started, you know, centuries ago up until now who have never been interactive in any type of way, but have the same characteristics, like same shamanic practices and stuff that have developed. So there has to be some kind of commonality there. And I think, I'm, I'm most like there, there's most likely a commonality to a lot of other spiritual practices too, I believe. So yeah, I think so for sure. And like, I know that off camera or off, um, off mic, we were talking about, uh, I was sharing the podcast that I, I recorded this morning with a, a dragon channel. Yeah. And we also talked in that about how it's so interesting because even though she's channeling dragons and I'm channeling like spirit guides or archangels or someone's past like loved ones mm-hmm. that feels like there's some sort of like we're coming from the same place in some nice. way so we we kind of discussed that too so yeah I I feel like there's some sort of oneness you know because the more I'm a seeker too and I love to read so the more I read about history and about uh you know different religions and things like that because by the way I was never someone who was interested in anything religious I'm taking note of the 12 12 that I just saw on my screen because in this podcast the numbers always speak to us anytime I like glance down it always is one of those numbers it's very weird um but I was like never into any of that Hmm. I wanted to be yeah but there was something in it that felt like, yeah, like what I was yearning for that oneness and that belonging, I didn't get. So I would like keep attempting to go and actually Mm -hmm. like sitting in say like a choir or a service, like I would often get emotional, especially during music because you can feel the collective oneness in that, but I never really got what I wanted to. And Mm -hmm. then when I kind of awakened and stepped into my own spiritual journey, I 
was super interested in religion. So now I want to know everything. I'm like, I think I'm going to go back to school and take a degree in religious studies. You know, like it's weird. (laughs) I am so interested because what I'm finding is the more I learn, the more it's similar and it comes from like this one. Yeah. It's like branches, you know, like a, a, a seed and then they kind of all just grow and branch off differently. It's funny that you you say that. Yeah, I totally agree. So in my belief, I believe that source spirit, God, whatever you want to call it is in everything. He's it's in us. It's in the trees. I have a very animistic, a belief about, about source or spirit. Mm -hmm. And in my own practice, in my own spiritual practice, um, I actually visualize manipulating energy through something that I call mycelium. So I actually see branches of, of mycelium actually going out to different people and I can interact with those branches in specific ways. Mm -hmm. I can actually, like if a branch seems like it's dying or if it's, um, if it seems like dull and it needs to be kind of revived, I can like strum it and bring the energy back into that line to provide healing to someone. Um, and yeah, and I I see myself in a lot of my visual like my visualizations mm-hmm. as this like my body is the is the like trunk of a tree and then everything coming off me is these mycelium and I'm attached to everything. Everything in the okay. world. Okay, so it probably wasn't a coincidence that I brought through the image of a tree because no. that's what was coming through in my own awareness. I'm like, why am I seeing a tree? Okay, I'll use this. <laughs> Totally. It's, it's all connected. It's all, it's, it's, it's crazy. When you get two intuitives together, it's like <laughs> back and yes. forth energy. I love that you do that. So yeah. is that something that you would do like during like a healing, like with someone like intentional intention? Yeah, it could, it could, it depends. So it kind of actually goes into the shamanic practices in some ways. Yeah. So, um, so um, maybe I should kind of get into like how yeah. I got into somatic practices. So yes. um, I worked with this, um, this mentor named Dee Monty, who actually, she's so wonderful. She's, she's now like my dear, dear friend and also my mentor. Um, but she had this course uh, called um, D- uh, Discovering the Healer Within. And what it was is um, in her spiritual journey, she actually went and learned shamanic practices under a Peruvian shaman, like in Peru. Mm -hmm. And she brought that back into her own practice. But (laughs) Dee is a very like loosey-goosey type of person. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't really like to be inside a box. And she feels that intuition is really about just asking the universe and the universe providing. So in this training, she kind of gave us the concepts of shamanic practices, and she kind of sort of gave us an idea of what they were, but she actually wanted us to basically take these these concepts and play with them intuitively to develop our own way of, of providing that practice. So for example, with the what, what that, that tree or the mycelium that I just ex- talked to you about, mm-hmm. one of the, one of the um, like lessons that we had with, um, with D was about cord cutting and also soul retrieval. Mm-hmm. And my version of that was, I can see these, these cords that may have like 
died or got separated from somebody that may be a part of their soul or or energy that they need. Mm -hmm. And I personally utilize my energy to strum them back to life. Other people might actually see like pieces of a person that they actually have to take and then sew back into someone. Like there's a lot of different visualizations that can happen to Mm -hmm. do a soul retrieval, but Mm -hmm. that is how I interpreted that particular shamanic practice. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is beautiful to empower you to like work with that and figure that out for yourself. Because I feel like, you know, the way that spirit might work and speak with me might be totally different than from you, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think it's really important. It's one of those things that need to be kind of practiced and, and worked with yourself. Exactly. So I love that D is is a person that would, you know, a guide, a mentor that would allow that. So I don't yeah. know if you see that all the time. I personally, no. like, I haven't taken any sh- sort of member- mentorship, but I have heard from other people it's kind of, like, more structured. Um, so it sounds like Her- not her her mantra is the, her mantra is the no plan plan <laughs> that's like what i'm like that's the kind of mentor i would be to i'm just like let's well, see what happens let's you see know? what happens basically <laughs> she'll have yeah. like sometimes sometimes she'll have a general idea of what she wants to work with but she lets spirit totally guide her i think that's how it should be yeah i really do i, I know like that's how yeah, I interact with my clients as well. It's Good. totally intuitive. We go into a session and I'm like, okay, what needs to be happening here? And I ask spirit, basically. You just show up mm-hmm. and you just see what happens. Yep. Yeah. 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 I love that. I've stepped into that as well with my work. I was sharing in that interview we talked about with Sean Leonard the other day. I was asking him about his, like if he does rituals and things beforehand and, you know, he was talking about meditation and I'm kind of setting intentions as I do as well. But then we got into the topic of Oracle cards and he was saying, you know, like at the beginning, he might like always rely on Oracle cards in a reading to like start the reading, to bring up the messages and then do it. And I laughed because I said, that's what I was kind of getting to. And I was asking you about if you used to do rituals and you don't so much anymore, because when I say I don't do rituals beforehand anymore, I don't mean that I don't set my intention or I don't meditate. I mean, I I used to in the early days come down here like 30 minutes before a client session um, pull cards, write down the descriptions, all the keynotes, and then I go, okay, spirit, I'm ready. And then I would take notes of like specific loved ones. I'd ask them to come in earlier so that I was already kind of like, I already built the power really and was in it and had that flow of communication from their loved one before I hit join. So then I was just like immediately ready to go. And that was because of a lack of confidence in like, can I sit down? And can I not rely on any of that and have that all happen for me? And it happened in time. Mm. But uh, I love to hear you say, you know, you, you sit down, you probably have some rituals and practices, but you're like, okay. And you're, you, that's, there's a confidence in that, you know, mm. to sit down and go, okay, I trust spirit's going to come and I trust what is going to come in is going to be what's right. Um, I think that's the thing. Like people always want like a step-by-step, like give me the step-by-step. <laughs> and and they're like probably like, God damn it, Amy, when I'm like, trust your intuition and practice with it. Like that's all. <laughs> like you yep. have to be willing to maybe possibly make a mistake. You yes. ha- like you have to just do it. Yes. Um, yeah. It, it's like something that comes as you do it. Right. Well, like too, is, is, is it a mistake or was it meant to be? You're, you're very aligned with me because I always reframe the the f- failure with my clients because my spirit guides have done that for me. 
mm-hmm. when they're like, Amy, there's no such thing as a failure to your soul. It's all trial and error. Maybe it was a failure that you stayed with that job for the rest of your life instead of leaving it, you know, like, mm-hmm. or, you know, you don't know. Like maybe yeah. that was a success because that's what you needed to take from that experience. Exactly. Uh, right. You're learning yeah. something in everything. In every okay. every healing that I do, I'm healing myself too, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 A thousand percent. And I'll notice that. I don't know if you, well, I think you do because you talked at the beginning, like kind of that your intention when you're working to pe- for, with people is to kind of help them with things that you've gone through. Yes. Right. Because I've healed that already for myself. Right. right. Yeah. Because what I was going to add, where I was going there in my mind was, do you notice themes with like clients or certain issues that come up? But obviously you probably do because that's your intention. Because yeah. I, I, I don't have that specific att- intention. I haven't like consciously said it. My intention is always to connect to, to people that are aligned, that are going to be able to receive the information and it's going to impact them. Because my thing is like, I want a ripple effect. I want a ripple effect. Yeah. Like that's my goal. Um, which I kind of was seeing in my mind's eye when you were talking about your your branches. And I was like, there's your ripple effect, you know, like all the people yeah. that you're, you're reaching and touching. But yeah, I, I very aligned, very aligned. I love all of this. <laughs> so can you tell us briefly for, uh, for others and for myself, because I know what a shaman is kind of, mm-hmm. but I don't really know, like, it's very kind of base mm-hmm. level yes. understanding. So actually, sh- a shaman is actually a very, um, like the term shaman is actually something that's very um, uh, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like culture? A normal, a normal person wouldn't call themselves a shaman, okay? Right. Uh, yeah. In shamanism, because it is, right. a, is, it is a vocation that is selected by spirit or by right. the community that they're, they're, they're in. So okay. I would never, ever, ever call myself a shaman because that is not something that you actually name yourself. It, it is right. actually something that is, that is put on you. Right. Um, now there, and a shaman is, is more in traditional shamanism than kind of neo shamanism. Neo shamanism mm-hmm. is kind of like new age shamanism where they've taken mm-hmm. specific aspects of traditional shamanism and then they mm-hmm. kind of adapt it. Right. Mm-hmm. So whenever I talk about uh, shamanic practices, um, a lot of the, of the information that I've received now, I'm not an expert. A lot of this mm-hmm. stuff I've like mm-hmm. looked up on the internet and kind of That's researched okay. yeah. or I've, or I've um, like gotten the information from my mentor. Mm-hmm. But um, when I'm ta- like talking about shamanism in general, it's that traditional indigenous shaman- shamanistic uh, traditions that have mm-hmm. come up through generations. So mm-hmm. um, someone who is a shamanic practitioner is somebody who has adopted the shamanism as their way of life, but they would never, they would never really consider themselves as a, as a shaman because a shaman is a vocation in a tribe. So a shamanic practitioner would be somebody who would work with shamanic principles, yes. but not be a shaman. Yes. Okay. And I think, um, I would say that a shamanic practitioner too, they, they a shamanic practitioner um, will utilize techniques of shamanism yeah. and and techniques that a shaman would utilize and mm-hmm. it's kind of rigid like it's in a in a box yeah. like specific rituals um getting into trance states in a specific way which is part of the reason why I don't call myself a shamanic practitioner because I'm I'm not in the box at all <laughs> right okay yeah okay got it got it it's reminding me of a book that I I ordered and I read a little bit of but haven't kept with it it's called 
you know how I talked about off camera the the secret history of the world or maybe I did talk mm. about it when we were recording but I ordered another one called the secret history of the spirit world Oh. it's it's written by a different author and it's a little bit more dry so I'm finding it like a little difficult to get in but the whole first chapter was all about shamanic um practices so oh, really yeah as you were talking I was like huh yeah just talking about the history of that and like how mm -hmm. what you like what you said like all these different cultures from all these different places that never would have interacted but have the same kind yeah. of you know, like, yeah, like there's a little bit of talk about that in the book. So I thought that was really cool. So thank you for, for discerning that for me, because that's something that I didn't know. Yeah. Do you know anything like, um, say the term like medicine woman or medicine man? Mm. Is so, that connected to your knowledge to like? It can be. So, okay. so, um, different cultures call a shaman different names. So a medicine right. man or a medicine woman can be a sh like a shaman. Shaman yes. is actually a term um, from the, I think it's a tunistic language, mm -hmm. which is uh, from Siberia. And it basically the uh, means, it means the one who knows. So yes. the distinction, the distinction is, is that not every medicine man, woman, or, or a different type of spiritual healer will be a shaman. Right. The distinction is, is that one, a shaman is selected by their community or they're selected by the spirit world. And two is that a shaman, um, I actually have this written down here somewhere. They actually, um, they can enter a trance-like state in order mm -hmm. to provide healing to to interact with the spirit world and spirits in the spirit world to provide guidance to their community. But not only that, whenever they go into this altered state, they actually are, they can actually interact with it at will. So they can come in and out of it at will. Um, and also they can interact with it um, at will. So the way that I kind of envision that is say just a normal person goes into a dream state generally the consciousness gets swept away, right? Mm -hmm. You get swept away in the dream. You don't really remember it. You can't really interact it, with it or you can't like change things in it. Mm -hmm. A shaman will go into a trance-like state in a, in, or into the spirit world and they will interact directly with spirits. They can, they can actually change what's going on in the spirit world as well. And not only that, but they, they are actually in the spirit world and in the physical world at the same time. So they can, in real time, talk with the spirits and then relay that information back to people in the physical world. Okay. So another thing with, with uh, shamanic trances too is generally shamans get into these shamanic trances utilizing some type of tools like mm -hmm. drumming, chanting, mm -hmm. singing. Sometimes they'll use psychoactive like plants or, or mushrooms to get into, yeah, to get into those trances too. So that's kind of mm -hmm. like the distinction. And the main distinction I would say is that a shaman isn't chosen. They are, or a shaman isn't something they call themselves. They're chosen. They're actually like a special well, Other people would like refer to them as that, but they might not call themselves refer that. Themselves. Yes. Got it. Got yes. it. How would one, this is, might not be an answer or something that you can answer, but maybe it's just something we can like toy with here. How do you, like, how would one, like when you say they're chosen by the spirit world, like mm -hmm. how would you know you're chosen by the spirit world? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, 
in shamanic general, like traditional sh- shamanism, uh, yeah. shaman goes through something called the shamanic initiation. Okay. Uh, now this shamanic in- initiation in the traditional sense is usually a very violent act, act against themselves, like a physical or mental attack where they've either had a, like a near death experience or they've had like a debilitating sickness or something like that. And what it's, what the thought is that the spirit world is causing that so that they can overcome it to, to walk into their mastery and their gifts. Do you know what this is reminding me of is this book that I just read the secret. I think you should read the secret history of the world. Yeah. Um, I really do because in this, he talks about how everything from the beginning of time before the beginning of time is, you know, everything is like about consciousness and different, like key players in history represent certain things about consciousness. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's a lot of talk about this initiating process with, you know, like secret societies or Freemasons or, you know, like Mm -hmm. different people. And by the way, a lot of like key players in history were a part of these secret societies and they would go through kind of violent things as well like it's almost like a death and then rebirth yes kind of exactly thing. and uh, yeah and so it's reminding me of that as we're speaking it's so interesting how it's like connected and but in, not connected in some cases too a shaman doesn't have a choice about being a shaman it may be a generational title that's yeah. passed down through through like father son daughter you know um mother type of thing so it's something if they they are given they can either be given these gifts at birth or they can actually acquire them through a shamanic initiation and then the community recognizing that they have received these gifts basically gives them the title got it this kind of reminds me of like the dalai lama how he's like chosen right or am i or am i not kind of i i did read a book i read his biography i feel like he talked about like he was just chosen as a little boy like it wasn't like a choice he made um and that's exactly that and that can that can actually happen in in traditional shamanic societies yeah oh i love this this is so i know i will say i will say that um shamanic practitioners can also have shamanic initiations for example, yeah. I've I had I've had my own shamanic initiation, but in in a lot of the cases and a lot of the the anecdotes that I've had from other people who have kind of gone through these types of initiations, mm-hmm. um, who are more are not necessarily from those traditional cultures, they're they're less violent, they're less physical. It's mm-hmm. more of a kind of emotional trauma. They can be very frightening and traumatic to you, um, mm-hmm. but they're not they're not like a physical ailment or a near-death experience, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 They can emotional purging and experience. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I have that. Yeah. So many thoughts. My wheels are turning. (laughs) Um, So how, let's talk about like, how do you work with shamanic um, principles? Yeah. Practices or principles. Yeah. So um, I, there's all, all kinds of different shamanic practices that I kind of learned and played with when I was in that mm-hmm. shamanic, the intuitive shamanic training. Um, so one of the main ones I would say that I utilize the most is shamanic journeying. Uh, shamanic journeying um, for a shaman would be that that trance-like state where they enter uh, um, basically the spirit world. And in the shamanic tradition, the other world or spirit world is made up of these three different levels, actually kind of four different levels. There's three different levels called the upper world, which is sky, the middle world, which is earth, and then the lower world, which is um, the underground. 
and all of them are connected by the world tree. So when I was, when I was, um, like working with this, um, this concept, um, I did a visualization of entering into the lower world through a tree. So whenever I go into a journey, I don't use any psychoactive drugs or anything like that. I just basically <laughs> enter. I'll, I'll like ground yeah. myself. Who and... needs drugs when you got energy? <laughs> That's how I am. <laughs> Are you drunk? No, this is just who I am. <laughs> So, so I just enter, I enter the journey in, in a special place, which I call my meadow. And I have, I have uh, three different trees in this particular meadow that I can enter the upper or lower world through. Mm-hmm. Most often, um, if I'm in, if I'm contacting my guys or dealing with my spirit animals, I'm in the lower world. That's kind of where you find a lot of the healing and how to heal different different things in your life or with your clients. The middle world is where like is is the closest to reality. So it's like where you might talk to things like stones or the earth or trees, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. You also might find lost souls there too, because it's kind of like the shadow of our own reality, right? Yeah. The upper world is where I would talk to things like angels, deities, you know, demigods, that kind of thing, like entities that are kind of higher level. I do have a couple of my guys that go up to the upper world quite a bit. And, um, I don't know if you know about this, this about me, but I'm actually, my human design is a reflector. I did know that about you. Yeah. I think you're only like the third person I've ever encountered. That's a reflector, like personally encountered. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So a a lot for every human design center and chakra in my body, I have a guide. So my upper level ones, like the ones on my, on my crown and my throat and my third eye, those guides are usually in the upper level. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you're a reflector. That's, it's, that's very uncommon. Isn't it like 1%? Yeah, 1% of the population. It's yeah. so low. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. I know for me, like when I learned my human design, I was almost kind of disappointed that I was a generator. Well, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm a generator. But the more I've like learned about all the gates and the channels and the type in my incarnation cross, I'm like, okay, there I am. Once I learned mm-hmm. I was a five one, I'm like, there I am. There I am. That's me. <laughs> so, so when I found out I was a reflector, I was like, no, I'm not. No freaking way. I'm not a reflector. I denied it. Why? Why? Because it's so like special or uncommon or? No, it was. No. So I considered myself, I'm an Aries. Okay. So I'm, okay. I always thought myself very kind of vivacious and impulsive and, um, you know, kind of fiery, right? A reflector. Mm-hmm. Their <laughs> their strategy is to wait twenty eight days. I know, like the moon to cycle, make isn't a it? decision. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I thought I, I had like, it bad about the waiting for the emotional wave because I'm an emotional generator. <laughs> like the whole lunar cycle. No, I'm like, there's <laughs> no way I can wait twenty eight days to make a decision, right? But as I learned more about it, it made much more sense. And actually, what I found out was that the the a persona that I had been putting off all of my life was actually mm-hmm. other people's energy that I had taken on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was you're like a mirror, right? I'm a chameleon. 
if yeah. I'm in a, in a certain, in a certain environment, I take on that environment, which is, which is very, it's very important for me to be in the right environment so that I'm healthy and that I'm mm-hmm. at my best self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's a little bit like me too. When I learned about my open identity center, yeah. um, as I was always, uh, like I only have two open centers, my throat and my identity. Yes. Uh, and the identity is like, I've noticed in romantic relationships or like really good friendships in the past. I always just like took on their hobbies or became mm-hmm. more like them randomly. Even I'll like take on people's accents sometimes. And I'm like, what is going on? But <laughs> Do you do that ever? I'll be like watching a TV show. Like I remember years ago, I was binge watching The Fall. I don't know if you've ever heard of that show. And I literally later on that day, I'm reading my son a storybook. And he's like, why are you talking like that? I was talking with like a thick, like Northern Ireland accent. (laughs) What is wrong with me? It's my open identity center. I'll just say that. I don't know. I was really, I, I was really concerned about the open identity center. Actually, when I learned about that, I was, cause I was like, yeah. well, then who am I? Right. So but I was this, like, I was really disturbed by it. How do you interpret that though? Like, I know it's important for us to be with the right <laughs> company and also place is very important, which makes a lot of sense for me because I always know when I'm not in the right place, but also like, I don't know if you know about this about me, but like, I feel like the last 10 years, especially cause I've lived away from my home province for mm-hmm. 10 years now, 10 years in yeah. August. Um, that's been so difficult because I've had to like reframe what home means. But I feel like that was a lesson of my open identity of like, home is not anywhere. It's you. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that. But I do know that when I'm in certain places, I either feel very aligned or very unaligned. There's like no in between. I know when I'm not with my people oh, yeah, or if I'm not in the right place. It's yeah. like a whole body. No, you know what I mean? A whole body. No, this is not for yeah. me, but like actually like stepping into my intuitive journey and, you know, working with energy and channeling and all that stuff. And like, I, I channel, uh, clients higher self very often. And one of the things that I ask about is en- their energetic frequency. And what I've learned through this is like, that we all have an energetic frequency and we either are going to magnetize or we're going to repel. repel. And so energy isn't personal. And mm. so I'm like, oh, like a weight fell off my shoulder. Cause I've always been one of those people. Like if I felt somebody didn't like me, it would keep me up at night. Like I'd mm-hmm. be thinking about it 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I wasn't meant to impact them. It's just yeah. an energy thing. Like it's really nothing personal. Yeah. I found that really life changing. Yeah. So for me with the open identity center, I was really, really upset about it for a long time until I found my guides because Mm. my guides became my North star, right? They would, Mm. I knew that if I was unsure in a situation where I had to make an immediate decision that I could rely on spirit and my guides to provide me guidance. And when I found that, I was like, like I just, my whole body released, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So tell us about you. Cause I know that like, uh, I listen to your stories when you go on and you talk about your different spirit guides mm-hmm. and I'd love to know, like, how did you uh, become acquainted with them? Like, what oh was gosh. that process like? <laughs> Is that a long loaded story? <laughs> it's a, it's a long loaded story. So my guides, they kind of, it, it was kind of like a petal, like a flower opening. My spiritual journey was very like, um, kind of like petal by petal. I opened up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. My first guide that I found was actually my identity center. She is my heart center. Um, okay. And her name is Iris. Uh, 
And she is like my solace. She is the guide that I would contact most often for guidance. Um, She is like a warm motherly figure. She like feeds me cookies when I go visit her in her cottage. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So, and I found her through doing a visualization, doing, doing a shamanic journey. And most of my guides, that has how I met them. I met them through, through shamanic journeys. Um, Sometimes I had blockages. One of my guides, I actually had a shamanic initiation for. So um, my root guide and the root guide is, is a hard one because I've had a lot of turmoil around the root guide. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, my first guide, um, my first root guide was an indigenous man. Um, he told me his name was Tetsue. Mm-hmm. And my first meeting with him was reliving his death, his traumatic murder by colonial soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it. I actually experienced it through his eyes. And that was how I met him. Um, so, and I, for the longest time, I refused to go into this one place in my shamanic journeys in my other world. Um, Mm -hmm. that was like this deep dungeon with a bunch of like, (laughs) it was a bunch of, um, doors in this Mm -hmm. deep, long hallway. And I, I was really afraid and I had this really big trepidation about going there. And it was because, that's where I was supposed to meet my root guide and I would have to go through this initiation. So I ended up actually um, asking my mentor D to actually come with me on the journey Mm -hmm. so that she could support me if I needed it. Mm -hmm. And um, she kind of asked me specific questions and kind of gave me a little guidance while I was there and what I was seeing. And um, I mean, it turned out, it turned out fine. It was, it was traumatic Mm -hmm. in the sense that I saw someone being killed and, mm-hmm. and there was also, um, this aspect of his daughter too, about him leaving his daughter behind, which, oh my God, anything about children, it just strikes my heart. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I also got the sense of his importance in his community and the, the, um, the deep knowing that he had and could provide to me. So it, it was also comforting in a way to meet him, mm-hmm. um, the, the the interesting part is that he actually ended up leaving me, which was another shamanic initiation later on in my spiritual journey. And I ended up with a new root guide later on. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> wow. So do you think that we all, because like, I do connect to spirit guides. It's funny because I, you know, for years and years and years, I believed in spirit guides and I, and even when I was doing, you know, intuitive work for other people, I'd bring through their spirit guides. Mm-hmm. I never like intentionally ask for them to come through, like say in a psychic reading, unless the client asks me to, but mm-hmm. sometimes they will like show up in their physical form. And I always know that means that the client I'm sitting with actually has probably asked for that information or wants the visual, wants the name, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> sorry, so that they can have that visual and that name to initiate contact. But I never did that for myself. Mm -hmm. And then I recorded an episode about spirit guides on the other podcast that I co-host with Erin. It's called Soul Rising. And we kind of did this. I I left the session kind of saying, okay, I'm going to do my homework and I'll report back next week. I'm going to initiate contact with my own Mm -hmm. spirit guides. And so I I did. I got names. And um, there's, there's three, but like two specifically come forward for me all the time and then like I'm looking at the painting actually like a week later or something I saw this painting on Facebook marketplace and it just kind of looked like abstract art I couldn't really make it out but I just really liked it because it had a lot of shades of purple and it was really 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 big 
And so I went and got it. And then when I hung it on the wall, I'm like, oh my God, there's literally, it looks like there's three sh- like shapes, like human bodies. It looks like you're seeing the back of three people mm-hmm. and their heads are kind of like turning back to look at you. And I'm like, I knew instantly that this was a representation or like a, a something about my guides, right? So I have it on the wall behind here. But um, do you, do you think that we all have, like you have one for every, mm-hmm. every center. Do you think that's like something that just like a reflector might have or? So that's what D thinks. D thinks okay. that it's something that's, that's kind of particular to me. Um Okay. My guides too, most of my guides are actually past lives. Okay. And these past lives were reflectors in their, in those past lives. So when I, so it's funny when I first, um, kind of interacted with Dee, I came on as a guest on a call for her Mm -hmm. to help some of her healers that were in training do some kind of healing work. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the practices that we did was, um, was actually going through a portal. So it's this practice of, of going through a portal rather than, than doing a shamanic journey. And when I was in that portal, um, we were talking about guides and meeting guides or meeting, meeting like entities. And the visualization I got was that my guides went into infinity because all of my guides are a past life. So it was like me, but gone to infinity (laughs) basically. Yeah. And when I've, I've talked to my guides about that, they've told me that eventually I will become a spirit guide for, for mm-hmm. an, another for one of else. my past lives. Yeah. So like for you in another life. Exactly. That's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So it, it, I think it's something very specific to reflectors because they know what it means to be a reflector mm-hmm. and they can guide me through the difficulties of being a reflector. Now, not all of my guides are um, my past lives, but most of them are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was just reflecting on, you know, like the, the two main that I talked about that I communicate with quite regularly and who I know by name and visual are male and female, uh, Matthew, Matthew and Lila are the names that I was given. And actually now that I'm sitting here and I'm reflecting on kind of like the teachings and the guidance that they each give me is both very different. And I'm, I was, as you were speaking, I was thinking about my only two open centers are my throat and my identity. And I'm seeing how it feels like they're each helping with one of those, like based on what they're bringing through. So I'm like, ah, having aha moments over here. Yeah. So it's funny too. So when I started talking about having one for each of my human design centers, as well as my chakras, there's another woman woman in my group who actually has found that she has had, she has a guide for each of her chakra centers. Mm-hmm. I'm so, gonna have to go deeper into this. Yeah. yeah, see who else is 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 around me for sure. So That's I have I have nine guides total because I have nine open centers basically, mm-hmm. and they are there to provide guidance to that particular center. So, for example, my throat chakra, I have a dragon. <laughs> so I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, just no dragon energy in the throat and expression and. I, I can't wait for you to listen to the episode that I recorded earlier today yeah. about dragon energy because yeah, yeah, just, just experience. I think you're going to be like, you're going to see like commonalities between what we're talking about mm, now. That's so cool. Yeah. And it's funny really too, cool. my throat center um, guide 
the way he interacts with me is actual th- actually through conversations. He will he will talk to me he in full sentences. Yeah. Yeah. While my other guides, um there's two 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 specific guides that I interact with daily who actually uh, manifest physical physical things in my body. So my guide Iris who is my heart center, she actually will answer yes and no questions by like a nod and like a kind of movement in my body. And my other sacral center guide Apollo, he actually will like wink one eye for yes or no depending on what it is. So each guide has their kind of um like these little um like little things that kind of are distinctive and distinctive to the center too. Mhm. Yeah. I love that your guides represent past lives. It's funny because I did a, a a session with someone maybe about a month ago and, sh- and we actually did a past life reading cool. and uh, she asked me that question actually. Um, can, I don't remember the question, but something to do with like, can my past lives be spirit guides? And I was like, I've never had a past life come forward and say yes. But like when I sat with it, I was like, yeah, I, f- I feel yes. I feel yes again. So it's really well, cool that you're bringing it up. So I, I, I get into these like, like logical loops in my mind about it too. And I'm like, well, yeah. if I'm, if I'm me and my energy is me that has come from source back into this body, then how can this external past life yeah. also be? But yes, but I think, I think that they are all individual consciousnesses consciousnesses that have existed in my energy but are also kind of separate from me so in in a lot of ways when I interact with my guides it's an external thing coming into me it's not an intuitive knowing inside which is something actually that I'm starting to work on I'm actually starting to go into the the experiencing intuition rather than interacting with intuition I'm going to try, start kind of seeking those types of things because I really want to embody intuition Mm -hmm. rather than logically talking to my intuition. Just know about it. Yeah. Like actually live it, be it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I, I definitely feel you're ready for that. I wrote down something earlier when we were talking, you were talking about something and I said, I wrote down, uh, manipulating and mastering energy. I, I, I forget what you were talking about at this time, but I was, like, I feel like my guides have kind of brought forward that that's kind of what we're all here to be doing. That's what we're mm-hmm. learning is how to yeah. manipulate and master and work with energy. Mm-hmm. You would agree with that. Oh, yeah, I totally yeah. do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, think- I honestly think the sky is the limit if you are tapping into your authentic selves and really listening to your intuition. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think yeah. that anybody who is in uh, like a spiritual traditional type of, or like, like doing a, sp- uh, a spiritual journey is in, like, is manipulating energy because yeah everything that we deal with is energy. Our emotions are energy. You know what I mean? Our thoughts are energy. Anything yeah. that's running through our body is energy. So when you mm-hmm. sit with your emotion, your emotions, provide them gratitude and release them, you are manipulating that energy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I, I love it. Love it. So I would love to, let's talk a little bit. Let's end with kind of based on what we've discussed and all the things, <laughs> the conversation we've had, it's been, an, I, I've loved this conversation. All over the place. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. But I think that's, I, I think that's purposeful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you listen back, sometimes I record and I think I'm all over the place, but then if I listen back, I'm like, 
okay, I can see the streams of consciousness and how it connects. So I think it's purposeful. It's us getting in our head about it. Um, but yeah, well, let's kind of talk about hash out in this moment. So we've talked about shamanic uh, practices and principles. And which, like you have an understanding of like psychic work, intuitive work, just it's kind of the same, I feel. Mm-hmm. And then mediumship. And you have an understanding of what mediumship is and people that are listening do. So like, let's kind of like compare and contrast here. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So like you were saying with sh- like shamanism, you can, and t- you can kind of converse, like you were saying something like the, the shaman could converse with the spirit, like in real time, ask them a question, bring it back to somebody here in the world. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can do that in psychic readings and mediumship, right? Like yeah. communicating with a different spirit or mm-hmm. energy, but able to have that back and forth conversations. So I think yes. that's a, a commonality. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm curious. To jump into. I'm curious. Yeah. So, so yeah. one of one of the um, aspects of sh- of sh- shamanism is that um, shamans will actually can actually help, um, like. Um, past individuals move on to the afterlife. Is that something mm-hmm. that you can that you've seen in your mediumship as well? I haven't personally worked with that, um, and it might be. I, I honestly feel like everything we do with energy is based on intention, mm-hmm. and my ideas around spirits and you know earthbound spirits versus um you know spirits that have gone to the light, so to speak, that has changed based on my work. Um, you know, in the beginning, I, I, so I I will preface to say that I always work with, uh, individuals that have crossed over. Okay. And that just has happened. It's not really been an intention. It's Mm -hmm. just the way it's happened. Um, and so I used to kind of, I don't know, I used to think to myself and I might say to another person, well, I don't believe in anything lower. I don't believe in any kind of like lower energy, um, beings. I think it's all just, Mm. it's, that's just us creating it. And that was really my point of view. And the more work that I do and the more, even though I'm not experiencing those lower entities or like earthbound spirits, so to speak, Mm -hmm. my awareness of the possibility of everything Mm-hmm. has it's expanded so I no longer feel confident in saying that doesn't exist yeah. just that based on my intention I don't connect with to them. it okay. right so for me I haven't worked with someone who needs help crossing over okay because that is something yeah. that is something um that D in particular has actually helped with like um, one of well not necessarily anymore not but she just, has yeah yeah she has done that before um, and she's actually done end of life stuff too, end of life mm-hmm. healings that that eases mm-hmm. the transition between between a sickness sick person yes. into yeah. the afterlife. And yeah. actually, in some of our healing sessions as a group, we have actually encountered entities may not necessarily be spirits; it could be an entity um, right. who have been stuck somewhere and needed to get pushed needed through help. to the next. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I guess long-winded answer is I haven't personally worked with them, but I, that doesn't mean that, that Mm -hmm. it doesn't exist for sure. Um, So I have another question. Okay. When you are, when you are entering like that kind of space where you're going to interact with a spirit, 
um, or the spirit world, do you have the same kind of, of like visualization? Like, do you, do you do some type of visualization to get there? Like I would with through my world tree or anything like that, or you just enter? You just enter. You just enter. It's, I know, and I know, and some people are like, okay, really? Like, I want more than that. I'm like, I'm sorry. So <laughs> I used to actually be insecure about this because, like, I haven't ever taken any me- like mentorship when it comes to my psychic or mediumship abilities. I literally just feel like one day the door opened and they were like, it's time, go. Mm. Um, you know, my story, it came after my dad passed. Well, really, things were happening before. I, I can see things were happening before, but that was still like, no turning that was back your initiation. Now kind of moment. That was your initiation. That was my initiation. And it's 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 interesting as well because my father has come through in every reading I've had for myself with another reader, regardless of the type of reading. Oh, yeah. My father comes through in a guide like manner um, and is stepping in to help me with this part of my life, which I always laugh at because he was a huge skeptic in life, but he yeah, would have thought I was absolutely like off before. my rocker. So I, I think it's amazing that he's now stepping in to help me with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think he helps me. I honestly think he helps me with it. I feel like based on the past life, um, you know, meditations and things that I've done, I've had a reading with somebody else past life. I feel like I have done this many times in past lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to say it comes easy or naturally because there's still work and effort associated with it, but I just, I just kind of, I just kind of get there. Yeah. I, it's like, I literally, so this is what happens. Say that, that you're my client. I would come down the stairs probably five minutes before a session mm-hmm. and turn on the light, make sure the mic is good. Make sure I have a fresh piece of paper. It's got to be cup of water. And I would simply take um, some deep breaths for maybe a minute or so. And I would talk either out loud or in my head and set my intentions for the reading. Um, So and I do this regardless of what type of reading it is. So if I was connecting for you for somebody like a loved one in spirit, I would say, you know, I'm I'm here to connect to Crystal's loved one in spirit, Um, anyone that is, you know, around please come through and I'll give them kind of direction. So I'll say, um, please talk slowly, please, um, you know, utilize my clairvoyance, my clear sentience, my clear audience. Um, please bring through things that are specific and evidential. I also, as an extra also set my intention to connect to something that just happened or has happened since they've been passed. Um, so when those things come through, it's always like, Oh my God, I just did that yesterday. You know, like, and that's something that I set my intention intention for because then it shows that they like really are with you not just at Christmas and your birthday but like Mm -hmm. anytime you think of them spirits of thought away so that's my process and you know I have a combo session where I do like it's half uh intuitive guidance which is what I call psychic um reading and half mediumship Mm -hmm. and so I set my intention in the beginning to connect to my client's energy Mm -hmm. for that and then while they're still here on the screen, I go, okay, just a moment. I'm going to switch gears. I'm just going to set my intention to disconnect from you and to connect to your loved ones. And it just kind of happens just like that. Yeah. No, it's, it's funny. So we also like, as a, as a group, we, we actually do that too. Like whenever we're in yeah. healing sessions, Dee will just be like, okay. So we've been talking about something specific that's been going on in our life. And then she'll be like, okay, we're going to set the intention to see what's here for this particular thing. And that's, that's kind of how I do a lot I of think, my stuff too. I think too. that's what it is. Yeah. It's your intention and it's your trust in it. 
Mm-hmm. And with trust <laughs> comes confidence, right? Yeah. Because you keep doing it. Um, so I, I don't, I just sit and I, I don't get nervous. And I know I have such a trust in the spirit world that I know that they're going to show up. Yes. Like, I don't, I don't worry about it. I know they're going to come. And I think it can be that simple. It can. And it's funny because I had an Akashic Records reading maybe sometime in the spring. Mm. And it was actually a blend. Do you know who Emily and her stars is? Do yes, you follow her on IG? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. So she, uh, I booked an Akashic astrology reading. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because she's an astrologer as well. As well, yeah. And I know. so, yeah. So she like had my chart, <laughs> had it up on the screen. And she's like, okay, I'm going to focus on a couple aspects of your chart. And I'm going to open the records and connect to lifetimes in which you had these same specific aspects. And so the ones that she opened up were, had the same north and south node as I have in this lifetime. And also I asked to connect to my moon because I have a moon in Libra in the second house. And moon and Pluto are together, which is sometimes a little combustible. (laughs) So they're in there together. So I wanted to know, like, what's that teaching me too, right? Like, what's this all about? And so she brought through um, two specific lifetimes. And the the second one was uh, Medicine Man um, from Africa. I think, I think it was like Northern Africa and she was bringing up all this really cool stuff and stuff about the bone and bone medicine. And he was encouraging me to get into that and stuff about like the marrow. It was anyways, it's just like, I'm still need to revisit that. And like when I have time and go down the rabbit hole of all that, but he brought through, it's funny because he brought through that in this lifetime, I'm encouraged to write a book. So if you oh. saw my stories today, I talked about that, right? Yeah. He, so he said she um, is encouraged to be with this North and South node. She's encouraged to write a book. And Emily went back and she said, okay, like, what should she write the book about? And he said, um, making spiritual practices simple. Oh. She can make them simple. Yeah. Um, and that's what her her people need. Um, and yeah. And so, yeah, amazing. And like some ancestral kind of stuff. So yeah, I need to explore the bone medicine piece. Mm -hmm. But the wild thing was, is when she said that to me, my face was like this. So after she closed the record, she's like, what was your face? Why was it doing that? And I said, because right in front of me on my monitor from a Colette Baron Reed deck, there's a card called the bone collector. And it was the card that I pulled that day and it was sitting on my monitor. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like one of those melt moments, right? Yeah, it was It was one of those moments. I'm like, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I found that uh, really cool. Um, do you? Yeah, so. I was going to say, do you find that you provide healing to your clients whenever you're doing these types of readings? That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do. I tap in. I, something that I've always set my intention with is, you know, I, people often ask me like, were you ever afraid of the spirit world? Never. Lovely folks. I love the spirit world. Never be afraid of them. I was afraid of the people that I would serve or the people that would find me because I am a people pleaser in recovery. I overgive, you know, and I, I, I'm working on, um, you know, any insecurities or sense of worthiness around, I around like being liked or, being of service and, you know, making sure I'm get, doing a good job because I have very high expectations of myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's this, this makes sense why I'm on this journey because you literally have to let go and just let it happen. I know it's the surrendering, you, you just, right? It's the surrendering. You have to do it. And um, 
Yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Ask me the question again. <laughs> Tell me you have ADHD without telling me you have ADHD. <laughs> like, what were we talking about? <laughs> That's a spiritual person thing too. Do you notice when I'm with a lot of other people, they're like, "Wait a second, because you're you're like all over the place. taking I it all in." I, I'm actually pretty sure I have ADHD as well. Yeah. so I think it's a yeah. commonality for sure. <laughs> I think so too. Um, sorry. Ask me that question one more time. So basically, do you, do you feel like you provide healing uh, whenever you oh, do right. these? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, I, I do. I do. Um, so the people that I work with, um, like I have very close-knit connection to all of them. Yeah. It feels like we just become friends. Like I would mm-hmm. tell, I will tell you like probably 80% of my client base over the last five years, and we're talking about thousands of people at this point. Mm-hmm. Um are keeping in touch, sending me emails, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I want though, because I want the the connection connection and the, yeah, I want it. I don't Mm -hmm. want anybody to feel like I'm just here providing a service and like, I'm not invested in them because I'm fully invested in them in every sense of the word. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, I do feel that I provide healing. Um, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. And I know that it's healing me as well. Exactly. Um, Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's like my intention, especially with like the intuitive guidance, which other people might call a psychic reading, but I purposely call it intuitive guidance. And that's because, um, you know, I can bring, yes, I can bring through predictions about what's going to happen in five years, but I also believe that like the future is fluid. Mm -hmm. And so if something comes in about the future, it's, I will say it's a high probability, um, And so I think that it can do someone a disservice to say this is going to happen in five years and that's all you give them because then they expect it. But maybe they don't put any energy or effort or work or anything into that towards that thing. And then maybe it won't happen. So for me, it's all about like the guidance and like, how can I um, empower you? to be your best self? How can I put you, help put you on that yeah. path? How can I, how can so you it's work mu- towards your goals? Right? Yeah. It's much more like, I, I think I said that on my website in a video I recorded, like if you're looking for that, like fortune teller in the tent, I'm not the gal for you because mm-hmm. this is way deeper than that. Um, yes. And this is about like, not necessarily just like what's going to happen in five years, but like, why hasn't that happened yet? What are some potential mm-hmm. challenges? Like I want you to have that. Mm-hmm. But it's not just going to drop out of thin air. No, probably not. No, yeah. exactly. So you have to I think so. It. You have to. You Absolutely. Have to, you have to put in energy to get energy, right? So the only way that you will get what you want is by by putting that energy back out into the universe. So, I, I, I want to end with a laugh. <laughs> I want to end with a laugh. I'll tell you why. Where did I write this today? I don't know what, where I wrote it, but I'm going to bring it up on my phone because today's daily tarot, <laughs> you know how I do that every day, Yes. Yeah. was the seven of pentacles mm-hmm. and reversed. And so what I wrote uh, says the seven of pentacles comes in in a reverse position today and brings in the guidance that you will get out of a project goal and or investment, what you put into it. It also means you get out of life, what you put into it, right? Like that's the message yes. for today as we speak. So I think that's really cool. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I just, I just said, I hear, stop worrying about this. And instead shift your focus towards how you can best align with this opportunity that you want. Yeah. Everything you put out will come back to you if you believe in it. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. I believe, love it. Believe Perfect. in surrender. Believe in surrender into it. You have to let go. You do. You have to, you have to let go. I know. Hardest thing ever for most of us 
in yeah. this world, in this society. As a, <laughs> as a, in as a recovering control freak? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I know. Like, do you know, like, how offended I was that when I learned, um, do you know what the Enneagram is? Yes. Okay. So I'm an Enneagram two wing three. Okay. And the person that told me this was, was also an Enneagram too. And she's like, so tough love. You're probably going to hate me for this, but your people pleasing is a form of manipulation. And I'm like, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> pardon, I'm, I'm a nice friggin' person. And she's like, it's a form of manipulation because you're trying to control the, the outcome of something. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I have to work on myself. But it's it's true, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes the enabling and the Mr. Nice Guy all the time isn't... There's a difference you. between... Right. There's a difference between being nice and like being a doormat or... Yes. Yeah. Do you know what my main spirit guide tells me all the time? And I actually have it on my wall in a post-it note. Hmm. Hey, all, all the time. My two things he says to me. One is... Just do it scared. Do it scared. Just yep. do the effing thing, right? Like he is very no nonsense, doesn't sugarcoat anything to me. Do the thing. So I'm like, okay, okay. And another one is you can be kind and take no shit. Oh. So st- stop taking shit. You can yeah. be kind. Sometimes it's kind to not take shit. Exactly. Like sometimes so it's mean to constantly take crap. <laughs> right? Yeah, yes. you're not serving. My what something that like you know, sometimes where you can hear something a million times, but then somebody says it a certain way and you're like, oh, it hit. Well, that happened with me from my spirit, my main spirit guide, Matthew. He said to me, um, when you feel, when some, say somebody asked you something and in your gut, like, you know what a no and a yes feels like inside. Exactly. Everybody does. Yeah. And you feel the no, but because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or, you know, you don't want to piss anybody off or you don't want to look like the bad guy, you say yes. Yes. And he said to me, do you, that is actually the opposite of what you should do. You need to trust this feeling that's coming in. Because when you say yes, when you mean no, that other person was supposed to hear no. Yeah. They were supposed to hear no. And you said yes. So you didn't do them any favors and you certainly didn't do yourself any favors. No, they're not learning Um, from that experience. right? Right. Yeah, because maybe they were supposed to do it, or maybe they were supposed to ask somebody else and figure it out somehow. But if it feels like a no to you, it's a no to everybody. Yeah, you've you've, <laughs> dis- like, you've disrupted oh. their their path, really, right? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that just changed my whole life. So now I have no problem saying no. I really don't. I really don't. It gets easier every single time you do it. Yeah. No, I don't think they'll do that. Thank you, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> So thank you for agreeing. You can still be kind. Of course, thank you so much for the opportunity. But I don't think I have time for that right now. That is so much nicer than showing up like in a bad mood and Mm -hmm. with kind of bad energy. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. So on that note, thank you for hopefully hearing a yes and saying yes. (laughs) And um, thanks for sharing all your wisdom nuggets and you know all your teachings about shamanism i thought that was really cool and interesting oh, i learned some stuff me. i had some aha moments oh that's good um, that's yeah, like so what i like you. to hear i like to know that that my energy is also impacting other people in positive ways right 
Yeah. And it's funny, like I mentioned earlier, when I first connected to you that I just feel like, ah, when I'm with your energy, and that's how I feel right now. This whole episode has been like very loud. I'm probably gonna have to turn down the volume on my uh... <laughs> I think that's good. I think that's good. I don't know if you feel that too. But I, definitely I do feel like this felt very, yeah, very natural. It felt very natural yeah. it felt and it felt good. It had a really good vibe for sure. Yeah, good. Good. And I know that that will translate to the audience. So enjoy everyone. You're welcome. Yeah. I hope <laughs> Take you enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Take okay. care, guys. Thank you for joining me for another episode here of the Intuitive Rising podcast. If you would like to continue the chats and join the community, please join us over on Facebook and search for the Intuitive Rising community. All are welcome. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating. If you'd like to connect with me directly, please visit my website at theintuitiverising.com.